yeah, I've run on broken ribs. I've ripped my hamstring. I've, um, I've fallen and like, uh, cracked my kneecap and, you know, I was, I, I, at one point, like I'm a firefighter, like you said, and at work I was fighting a fire and a wall fell on me and I, um, like my ankle got really messed up and it swelled up and I got like cellulitis in my ankle and I kept running. Welcome to the Zero Quit Podcast, where we bring you inside the minds of elite athletes, business owners, and other guests. I'm your host, Brock Covington, and through these conversations, you'll hear practical advice and effective strategies for building a more resilient mind. If you enjoy listening, be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with a friend. What's going on, guys? So today I have on Andrew Glaze. He is a firefighter and ultra runner based out of Redlands, California. On top of just being an awesome ultra runner and doing a bunch of crazy races, the thing that struck me as the most interesting thing about him and that got me to follow him uh, months ago was his running streak of basically 135 weeks in a row of running 100 plus miles a week. So it's kind of like a mouthful, but when you think about what that, what that is, uh, it's it's pretty nuts and a huge, huge time commitment, which we'll get to uh, in a little bit. But I want to start right there, uh, Andrew, with that streak. So what kind of kick-started that, and when did you go, wait a minute, I've done this for a couple weeks in a row, I kind of want to keep this thing going? Um, I think I think COVID kind of did it to me because all my races yeah. got canceled, and uh, <laughs> like normally when I ramp up, I, I do a lot of 100-mile uh, races, and so when I ramp up for 100-mile training, I normally like touch into the 100-mile weeks, mm-hmm. um, and so I was, I was ramping up like for races that then ended up all getting canceled um in early i'm like trying to is that 2020 that COVID all happened yeah 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 Yeah, whenever it was it was like uh all all of a sudden like everything got canceled everything went like virtual Mm -hmm. um and i and at that point i already had like several weeks strung together so um it just kind of continued i think in 2018 i did I think I did like 28 weeks in a row of hundred mile weeks, but they were like just straight hundred mile weeks that, you know, I would get just a hundred miles. Yeah. Just and, um, there, yeah. this one's a little different because I think on average I get like around 140, 150 a week. So I'm running yeah. more. <laughs> and then yeah. at some point in the 135 weeks, I did 18, 200 mile weeks in a row. So, um, the volume has been much, much higher. Um, for for this uh, for this streak, yeah, um, the volume's pretty nuts. And you, you made a good point that you know, I actually kind of got into running around the time the pandemic happened. So a lot of you know what you references races were getting canceled, and I remember a lot of you know ultra runners, professional runners were doing a lot of FKT FKTs during that time because that's all you could do, right? right. You know, you just make up your own challenges and. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Robbie Ballinger, um, but he's another ultra runner that kind of just had to make up his own Colorado crush and different things like that over the past few years. Uh, yeah, so and, I mean, mentioned... that's kind of like, you know, just mm-hmm. it, it's hard to run 100 miles a week. And so, you know, as an ultra runner, as someone that loves to run like COVID yeah. happened and like I still needed ways to challenge myself and like push myself. And um, I actually did like I did like a self-supported 100 at one point for my birthday. Yeah where I ran from uh, where I live in Redlands to the beach um, mm-hmm. and just did lots of things like that, where I was like always trying to like kind of push the envelope of what I could do self-supported and what I could do, yeah. you know, 
Um, oh, and then, I feel like that's you know. Go ahead. What well, you I was just gonna say, and then it's just sort of snowballed. I mean, I didn't. You, you always think like, I mean, people do these run streaks where they run like one or two miles a day, and that's awesome, mm-hmm. and I and I'm not taking away from that, but I think with mine, it's like I'm always like, when am I gonna get injured or when am I gonna get sick? Because that'll yeah. end it, you know. Because running 100 miles a week is like a challenge. Um, yeah, and it has. It's not something you can accidentally do or like right. just happenstance and just you know let me just check a box it's not really checking a box it's it's a long you know i was, I was telling my wife the other day about oh who, who i was having on and you're, you're streaking me like that and i was like you know he's averaging 20 plus miles a day which is at a bare minimum even if you run it super fast on the road it's like three plus hours a day and you know it's it's a big time commitment, like you said. There's a lot of runners, like Hellas Adib is a really popular one that has this long running streak, and it's impressive in its own right. But to me, you know, the three miles a day just to kind of keep a streak alive or something like that is very different from 100 plus miles a week, and like you mentioned, averaging like 150. So you touched on it's kind of been a slow build, I guess, over years and years of running. I assume you've been running for decades, but how do you? recover from that much mileage and have you had instances where you have had little nagging injuries but have still been able to hit these these totals each week yeah i mean recovery is uh it's the topic everyone likes to talk about i don't think i mean the thing is is like i just never recover so um i think the way i stay relatively uninjured it has to do with um i mean the the slow build-up i mean i've like you said i've run for a long time but also like um I just run slow. Like I'm not, Mm -hmm. um, anytime I like find that I run really fast is when I get injured. And as I've gotten older, I've just sort of like embraced the like zone two grind, which is kind of like what you do in a hundred mile race. So Mm -hmm. it's, I just kind of like my zone two grind is, is, is what I do in a hundred miler. And so this is like my hundred mile training. Um, yeah, I mean, I recover by running more. It's like active recovery. Like, I ran a 100-mile race, and obviously that's very, very hard on the body. And, like, 10 hours later, I go run, like, five or six mm-hmm. miles, even though I just finished mm-hmm. a 100-mile race. I, I just um, – for my body, I've always found that, like, as long as I keep moving, that it doesn't, yeah. like, fail me. Um, when I, when I yeah. take time off or when I, like, give it – if I'm just lying on a couch or something like that, it, like, it, it really – it gets upset with me. So I, I just recover through constant movement, but you know, I do like, I have a clean diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm vegan. I, I drink a lot of fluids, mm-hmm. um, very little alcohol, no drugs. Um, you know, things like that, I think probably play a role in it. I, I don't know, yeah. but like Keep um, the body in check. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, lots of fluids is, is a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I have gotten injured. I've, I've had all sorts. I mean, and, and this is like two and a half years going on three years. So it's like I, I could name a ton of injuries I've had from I even mm-hmm. at one point fell and broke some ribs and I just kept running, which, you know, I wouldn't. People <laughs> ask me questions like, well, what should I do? And it's like, don't listen to me. Don't I, listen I don't, to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not a doctor and I would not encourage anybody to do what I'm doing. But um, yeah, I've run on broken ribs. I've ripped my hamstring. I've. Um, I've fallen and like uh, cracked my kneecap, and you know, I was I, I at one point like it, I'm a firefighter, like you said, and at work I was fighting a fire and a wall fell on me, and I um, 
like my ankle got really messed up and it swelled up and I got like cellulitis in my ankle and I kept running. Probably shouldn't have, but um, so, I mean, <laughs> I've never gotten injured to the point where like I couldn't run, but I've yeah. definitely gotten injured to the point where it was uncomfortable to run and I just yeah. <laughs> sort of pushed through it. And, and, and I, and I yeah. sort of like, I know, yeah, I mean, I know like how, how to push through that pain and like, I guess if it, if it didn't get better, then I probably would have had to reevaluate. But it seems mm-hmm. like every injury I've ever had, like, gets better. And then it, it's not like – I'm not, like, weeks into something and it just keeps getting worse. Yeah. Like, it's just a slow progression and I know. I mean, I've run two 250-mile races. Um, the first one at mile five, I tripped and, like, literally tore my hamstring and it turned black and blue. And I had to continue on for 250 miles with a torn hamstring. And then the second time I ran it, I was, we were doing like a technical rescue out of a canyon. And this guy, this guy was like 300 pounds and we had to carry him out. And, mm-hmm. uh, I tore my hamstring again and I still did the race. So, um, yeah, I just don't do as well as I could have done or should have done, yeah, but course. like, you know, it's just a little extra. Pain. Yeah. I think, I think ultra running, it's, it's like part of the culture and part of the game with, you know, especially the over hundred mile races like Cocodona, like you've ran and things like that, but pushing through pain is just part of the game. You know, things aren't going to, you're not going to feel great, uh, during the vast majority of the race. So it, that makes sense with what you're talking about. And I certainly agree with the kind of concept of like movement is medicine and just keeping the body moving and your body kind of is going to stay in motion. I think a lot of times, yeah, the more time you spend on the couch, the more time you spend, you know, letting your body almost go stale. Yes. It doesn't help you. And the more you can, uh, I mean, even on a basic science principle, unless, you know, madman, uh, firefighting it through, you know, concept, the idea of just keeping the body moving helps promote the blood flow, which helps lead to recovery. So perfectly makes sense, you know, that, you know, the more you can stay obviously in motion that you'll kind of keep going from there. I think the hard, the hard Uh, balance is, um, you know, overuse injuries, so it's yeah. like if I run a marathon and maybe I didn't train properly for it and then I try to like recover with active recovery, maybe I'm more prone to like an like an overuse injury. But if you like mm-hmm. do a good slow marathon training plan or whatever and you yeah. and you build your base like really really well, um then then I think you're less prone to get those overuse injuries. Um but I I mean, you know, a lot of people overuse injuries are a real thing. So, mm-hmm. um I can just tell you what works for me, but you know, when people ask me like, how did you get to this level? Um, I'm like, well, it took, you know, over a decade of running high mileage consistently. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. They want the like easy, like, Hey, you know, (laughs) all you gotta do is do this and that. It's like, there's no, no easy way to, to sort of get to this without getting like injured a lot. So do you do any strength training to help kind of keep the body in motion or is it strictly running? I guess with time constraints, it's probably hard to fit it in. Well, I mean, so my strength training uh, is mostly like like, like running mountains or, or like, you know, putting yeah, a backpack yeah, on with that. weight. Because um, like a lot of these races, I have to carry like five to eight pounds worth of gear mm-hmm. and then running with that. Um, at work, I do a lot of stairs. I mean, I do functional strength training at work, which means, you know, when I put my gear on, it's like 75 pounds and we'll do Mm -hmm. like stairs in our gear or, um, you know, we'll like drag hose or like, you know, throw ladders or, um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's more like functional things I'm going to actually do at work to keep me strong. Whereas like 
you know, like bench press is cool, but when is a, you know, 200 pound object going to fall directly onto my chest That's and I right. have to push it off? And it's equally weighted across. Yeah. And it's yeah. equally weighted. Probably, it's probably not. I mean, it makes my chest look nice, but beyond that, yeah. like, um, I don't really do that anymore. I used to, I mean, I, there's a part of my life where I did a lot of weightlifting and it was fun and I loved it and it just, but right now it's not really functional for what I do. Um, so my strength training routine mostly involves firefighting activities and firefighting training. Um, mm. and then, you know, run, I, you know, running mountains, running hills, running lots of steep stuff. Um, you know, it's just strength training in a different way. And so I think that actually, honestly, your job helps benefit your training. Cause like you mentioned, a lot of strength training and trail running is very different from road running for a million different reasons. But one of which is you are strengthening your quads, glutes, hamstrings, all these different stabilizers too, just by virtue of the trail and the terrain and elevation gain and all those things. But also, you know, a lot of that functional fitness you're doing and all the heavy gear that you're carrying as a firefighter, a lot of that just weight bearing in general probably helps with bone density and, and helping you avoid stress fractures and things like that. Right. Um, so that, that definitely makes sense. One thing I want to dive into that I think is probably the equally as interesting as how do you actually run the miles themselves is, you know, the consistency of it and finding balance between, you know, you're a husband, a father, and you, you know, obviously have a full-time job as well. How do you balance it in? Because like I mentioned earlier, it is hours a day just to kind of make sure you can hit that hundred total each week. Well, I mean, step one is you have to find a really, really supportive wife that, you know, supports your goals and like is a fan and wants you to <laughs> succeed. Um, yeah. it, it, she enables a lot of these bad behaviors. So, um, <laughs> I'll blame her a little bit, but, um, I mean, I built, I built my routine teens over years. So it's like, um, it it just seems like what I do works for me. Um, a lot of it involves waking up really early, um, and getting Mm -hmm. the miles in sort of in the morning while everyone's sleeping. Uh, I I tend to do two runs a day, um, a long run in the morning and then a shorter run in the evening as kind of like a, just like a recovery run. Um, and then that way I have the whole afternoon all the way till like, like maybe like 6 PM to spend time with the family or the kids or whatever. And then I'll go get another run in and then, you know, eat dinner. And then I, I essentially go to bed. So I go to bed pretty early and then I wake up really early. Um, okay. So it's I mean, like, that, I mean, that's sort of how I balance it. And at work, it's the same thing. Like th- there's no consistency to like, um, firefighting because i'm also like so i'm also a paramedic and mm-hmm. we run 911 calls from everything from you know grandma fell down to you know houses on fire and so yeah um it, it, there's no like rhyme or reason on what time somebody's going to call 911 so i still wake up super early and i just run around the fire station with a radio and if we get a call i just <laughs> You know, I just respond. It's like, kind of like I, just a- any free time is what it sounds like. Just kind of fill in any time the gaps you have. Obviously, hit it early when you can. Yeah, but, but I mean, I, I'm very consistent about like an early morning run and then a run in yeah. the evening. Um, at okay. work, my mileage is less, but, um, you know, at home I can I can run a lot more. And um, I just sort of listen to my body like, you know, after a big mm-hmm. race, maybe my mileage goes way down. And then as I start to feel stronger and better, it'll go back up and. Um, you know, if I have a race coming up, I try to like, look at what, what I need 
like what my training block needs to look like. Do I need more vert? Do I need more flat? Do I need, you know, what do I need? Yeah. Um, do I need more miles? Um, and I just kind of like mimic when it comes to that, but, um, yeah. So you mentioned racing, uh, you just finished up UTMB like two months ago. Was that your first time racing UTMB? No, it was my third. Okay. Yeah, okay. Got, so regular problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, that's, that's a, uh, you know, I, I don't, I feel like deserve it as much as the people have been running for, for years and years and years, but it's still just such a bucket list like race to, uh, to do one day or just to, you know, visit and experience and be part of that, that atmosphere. Cause it just looks, I mean, it's more than like a postcard. It almost just looks fake, you know, in every picture, every video of the place and running. So what is that like atmosphere and running that race like, and how does it compare, I guess, to, uh, you know, other races you've done? Um, I mean, it's, it's like the best running experience. The only thing I've ever could, could compare it to would be like, like a New York city marathon or something like that, where you just have like yeah. so many people involved. But, um, the Europeans love ultra running. They even have their own like television channel. That's just ultra <laughs> running. Um, they're really, yeah. really into it. And so the energy is very, very high from the crowds. Um, and you run, you know, you, so if people don't know UTMB, it's, it's kind of like the world cup of mm -hmm. ultra running. People come from around the world. It's an international race. Thousands of people run it, and you run through the Alps, starting in France. You run through the Alps into Italy, from Italy into Switzerland, and then back into France. So it's like a it's a big loop around Mont Blanc, which is this iconic mountain in the Alps. Mm -hmm. And um, so you go through all these little villages, all these like little cities and stuff, and there's just people everywhere cheering you on. Like, doesn't matter if it's like three o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon, you'll have like some little kid high five in you all dressed <laughs> in Solomon and like, you know, yeah. like we're like their heroes. It's, 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 it's totally different from the States. Um, yeah. So the energy is obviously very electric. It's also one of those races where because you have thousands of people, you're always with people when you're running it. Whereas like a lot of times in America, you know, we have all these like quotas, you can only have 200 people on the trail and blah, blah. You might be running a hundred miles completely by yourself. You are with people the entire time in this race, which is unique too, because you know, the, the, you, you see the same people, you kind of build like bonds with them. You come into the aid stations at the same time. So, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's very, very hard race. It's, uh, it has 10,000 meters, which is 33,000 feet of vert. Um, and you climb, I think like 10 mountains mm -hmm. and the Europeans do not believe in switchbacks. So you're just like straight up, <laughs> straight down, straight down. I, I, yeah. I mean like there's a many, many miles where you are gaining or losing 1500 feet in one mile, which is insane. Yeah. I mean, well, I got so much respect, uh, even more, you know, than I already had, uh, for hearing that elevation gain. Cause I just ran my first 50 mile race, uh, last Saturday and that was in Crested Butte, Colorado it had 8,000 feet of elevation and, uh, those last, you know, six to 8,000 feet just kind of like killed me, just like wrecked me. You know, I felt like that, you know, the steepness just felt brutal and especially, you know, coming downhill, you know, you, you think it's easier. Of course you, you still beat up the quads even more and it was muddy, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, just, so just hearing 33,000, you know, I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, it's almost like four times, you know, right? <laughs> and it just, uh, you know, just embrace the pain at that point. Yeah. I know? mean, it's the, and, and I tell people all the time in these mountain hundreds, it's the downhill that kills you. You know, you yeah. really, yeah. 
like I climb a lot, but I climb a lot so that I turn around and just trash my, my quads on the way down because, mm-hmm. um, I've had ultras where my quads have just given up and it makes it very challenging to finish a race when your quads are like, I don't want to go down any more Hills because mm-hmm. downhill should be like normally the easy part, but Easier, um, yeah. when you, when you get into those higher, you know, like downhill, like there's like a couple, uh, races where there's more downhill than uphill. And mm-hmm. man, I tell you that, that hurts you. I know. <laughs> yeah. You look at it on paper, you're like, okay, that's, that's the section. I'll pick up my pace a little bit, right. or, you know, make up some energy. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a challenge. So with, you know, with the races you do, you know, I've seen over the past months, I imagine you do a couple a year that you'll, you know, you'll pick out that fit in your schedule that pique your interest. How does the high mileage, you know, you accumulate an average per week help or also hinder you going into a race? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, when I was, it's hard to say, like when I was younger, I did better probably in ultras and mm-hmm. my mileage was lower and now maybe I don't do as well as I, as I could. Um, but I mean, emotionally I'm okay with that. I, I think like, yeah, you know, it's a trade. I don't, right. I don't ever taper. I, it's hard. Like I, I had three really, really good races this year. Um, I ran cold water and like, I want to say like 20 or 21 hours. Um, but I got like, I won my age group, which is like, I'm in the master's class cause I'm an old man. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so that was cool. And that was on high mileage. And I think I had run 60 or 80 miles before the race that week. And then mm-hmm. a week later I ran Rocky raccoon, um, which is a pretty competitive race. And I think yeah. I got like 18th or something, but I won my age group again. Um, which was well, like pretty cool. And then mm-hmm. two weeks after that, I ran jackpot 100 and I got second overall and ran it in like 17 hours. So, um, still pretty competitive, even with the, uh, insane yeah, I mean, it just depends. <laughs> but the thing is, is like all that high mileage and then three races back to back, like yeah. you probably would say like, you know, you're, it's not going to go over real well. And I didn't think it would, but I felt like each race I got stronger. Um, each race yeah. I got faster. And so like, I can't really explain that, right? Because I, I, it shouldn't happen that way. My body should have like broken down, and because I never really recovered, and I just kept running, and but it didn't, and I, I don't know. I don't. I have friends <laughs> that use ultras to run ultras, and like it yeah. really works for them. And maybe that's you know maybe that's like a secret. Like if you're gonna run an ultra, you got to run other ultras to get ready for that ultra. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like you know, just like we talked about earlier, I think if you you consistently demand certain amount from your body. Your body is going to be like, well, we're either going to crumble or we're going to, you know, figure this out and keep moving. Right. Well, and and, you know, it's like a lot of ultras are, um, it's, it's in your, it's in your head, you know? So it's like, if you're emotionally in the mindset of racing ultras, then maybe that helps you out more. Um, because there's so many, let's, it's such a roller coaster ride in a hundred mile race of, like wanting to quit and feeling pain and being uncomfortable um, that like if you're kind of like, well, I just felt this last week and I know that this is what this is, um, mm-hmm. it, it probably helps you push through certain uncomfortable periods of the race. And what's the mental state like going into, you know, let's say a hundred mile race or UTMB when you know you've done, okay, a bunch of like races in the past, but you even average a lot of times, you know, the distance of the race, if not more, does that kind of give you, you know, a lot of reassurance going into the race? Or do you go in still with a little bit of butterflies about it? Uh, all I'm always super nervous. Yeah. I mean, I'm nervous because, um, 
Well, one, so many things can go wrong. Yeah. Um, you can step the wrong way, twist your ankle, and that's it. You can, you know, eat something and your stomach can go completely sour. And if you can't take fluids and food in, then it's hard to continue. Screwed, yeah. Um, there's just so many things that can go wrong in an ultra. It's so not guaranteed. So I always am nervous and anxious and butterflies before a race. I get this, like, weird dry cough that my wife always makes fun of me about, like, before a race. <laughs> it's like a nervous cough. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if, if it was guaranteed, if it was easy, to me, like, literally, it wouldn't be worth it. So it's it's yeah, the fact that, that it's so challenging and so many things can go wrong that really does it for me. So where do you ever see this uh, streak going? Is it something that you're kind of just – do you have, like, an end goal or at least something with it? Or is there a kind of dream, you know, FKT or race that you'd like to attempt in the future, some, some other crazy challenge? Um, I'm just, you know, kind of rolling with it. Whatever happens, I mean, keep on keeping on. I, I've sort of started to like, um, look at other goals, like as far as, uh, like, I'd like to start climbing some bigger mountains. I, I love being in the mountains. And so, um, get, you know, some, you know, 20,000 plus foot peaks. And mm-hmm. obviously that's going to be a, more of a challenge to like run a hundred miles. And then also, you know, put on crampons and, you know, boots and all this gear and go up these, these huge peaks. So I, I don't think the streak defines me. I think it gets me attention, which is, which is fine. But like, yeah. Um, you know, for me, I just am out here trying to spread the love of running and, you know, running changed my life. Running is like the best thing that ever happened to me. And it, and I know that it, it can, it can change other people's lives. And so I just try to spread that. So going back to what you mentioned with, you know, the mountain climbing, are, are there any 14ers in California? Or what are those mountains like? Yeah, there, there's, there's a few 14ers. I mean, we have Mount Whitney, which is uh, mm-hmm. yeah. technically the tallest peak in the, the besides Alaska. Um, yeah. And then the, I think there I are wonder... quite, there's a quite a few technical ones that you'd have to actually like, you know, um, class three, class four type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right next to Whitney, there's Langley, which um, is the secret mountain that, that nobody goes to, but you don't need a permit. And it's <laughs> yeah. um, the same distance as uh, Whitney. It's just a little bit shorter. And I honestly yeah. think it has a better view. So yeah. um, I spend a lot more time on Langley running it than I just don't like Because I'm almost thinking, uh, have you heard of Robbie Ballinger's Colorado Crush? I, I feel like I, I have, like during COVID, I remember reading about yeah. it. Yeah. So basically, and I think it was over 2020, or it had to be maybe 2021 because he ended up doing Leadville. Basically, he started with the uh, the Leadville Marathon, then he did the whole Colorado Trail, then he did uh, the Leadville, the Silver Rush 50, then he did all the 14ers in Colorado, and then he did the Leadville 100. Um, so I'm That's like, legit. I, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> somewhat respectable. Uh, and so I'm wondering, you know, is there some kind of variation or something you could almost put together mixing in, you know, mountain climbs with your hundred mile weeks? Or I don't know. I'm just like wondering, you know, there's so many possibilities. I feel like ultra runners get creative with, you know, how much torture they can put themselves through. Yeah. I mean, the, the hard part is always the family, the job. Job and family, you know? right? <laughs> those but, darn kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> when, when something inspires me and I like, you know, I'm like obsessive, obviously. And so I will put a lot of energy into like, you know, right now it's more of like, I'm in like the research, like role of like trying to figure out what I need to do to get to that level. 
Um, yeah. I'm sort of like, for my birthday in February, I'm trying to put together a Kilimanjaro trip with my wife and I, which, mm. you know, isn't technical or anything like that, but, you know, gets up there in, in high altitude. And um, yeah. there's a couple uh, volcanoes in Mexico that I'm trying to get down and maybe do some speed ascents on that get up into the 20,000 foot range. So, cause that's like pretty close to home. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I, the thing is, is like, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've done triathlons. I've done OCR. Um, uh-huh. it always just comes back to, I just really love running. So, yeah. um, I always remind myself of that is like, I get a little like, Oh, that sounds fun. And it, and it and it probably will be fun, but at the end of the day, like, I just really love to run. So yeah. I, I might get distracted for a slight bit and, like, go out and climb some mountains or do whatever, mm-hmm. but um, at the end of the day... I guess the soul I, passion comes it, back to gotta, running, it, right? Running has to still be there. So. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So I want to touch on, just because I saw it on your story earlier this week, your uh, near-death experience, basically, yeah. on the trails. Uh, do you want to tell that story real quick? Maybe Yeah, I mean, so... So we have mountain lions in um, Southern California. I'll just preface that. And yeah. I run a lot in the back, like in the trails, um, in the foothills and mountains above California. And I've probably run, I, I mean, I don't even know, 50,000 miles in these, in these trails. And mm-hmm. um, I've seen a couple bears. Um, have, I've, bears normally run away from you. I've, you know, I've, never, I've never had any like animal experience that's like too dramatic. Um, Mm -hmm. one time I had coyotes chase me, but I had my dogs with me. So I think they were more chasing the dogs than they were chasing me. Um, so anyways, preface that is like, I've never really had any like bad experience with animals in in the back country. I was running this week, um, right above my work, which I run this trail like every morning before I come to work. So I've done it many, 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 many times. I'm coming down the hill. I come around a turn. And there's a very large buck running up the trail directly at me. Um, and we don't get like big bucks in California. We normally just have like mm. little forkies, which are like just like the little teeny horns. This thing had yeah. like a good spread of antlers. <laughs> so at first I'm like, oh my God, look at that. Look at that buck. And then I'm like, wait, why is he running towards me? Coming at me. <laughs> because, you know, yeah. every time I see a deer, they run away from you. You know, they're very, you know, they're skittish and skittish, and I'm yeah. like, and then I, you know, all the things are going through your head. I'm like, does it have babies with it? Like why? And then I'm like, oh shit, this thing's like literally going to run me over. And it was, you know, it was coming at a clip that was like way too fast for me to really do anything. So I basically just stopped and screamed like, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, at the last second it like just kind of like ran up on the side of the, the, the trail and went around me. Um, so it's behind me now and I'm just like, you know, like that adrenaline, like oh, I, I almost got hit by this large animal, probably impaled. Yeah. Um, and I look up and chasing it up the trail is like 180 pound mountain lion. So, <laughs> which I've never seen a mountain lion ever. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of people seeing them and whatnot, um, but I've, I've never, never, ever, ever seen one. Um, yeah. And so I scream again and the mountain lion like gets within maybe like six to 10 feet of me and then like takes a hard left and just goes down the side of the mountain into the bushes. So you're like, thank God I wasn't more appetizing than the, uh, yeah, buck. well, you know, cause <laughs> the buck is behind me. Yeah, and I'm in the yeah. middle in the mountain line. I mean, it could have easily just taken me out. Taken you, yeah. Or like, if the buck had hit me, 
Uh-huh. It would have slowed down enough where the mountain lion would have got the buck. So, I mean, I'm think, just thinking all these scenarios in my yeah, head, but then I'm also thinking, like, <laughs> there's a mountain lion in that bush right there, yeah. you know? And so then I have to, like, I put my hands up, and I'm, like, screaming, and Everything I'm slowly backing down the trail. And it was, you know, I, I mean, it, it, this the whole week I've had this, like, sort of, like, near-death uh you know, thinking about life and like, yeah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's been pretty the wild. The question is, um, did you go there? Did you go and run the trail the next day? No, because my wife told me if I did, she wouldn't talk oh. to me for a week. So <laughs> yeah, I, it's I okay. Did that's it, that's uh, every wife would say that. I yeah. imagine. Yeah. Well, and then you know, I I mean, I talk about it too, but it's like, um, I ran the trail up because what I do is it's just like it's just like uphill, and I get to the top, and I turn around, and I run back down. So it's like. I basically run till the sun rises and then turn around and run back to work. And, um, so I ran that trail at night with my headlamp yeah. and that cat was, was clearly somewhere probably watching me and didn't do anything. Yeah. So we've had, I think two mountain lion like deaths in Southern California, but it was quite a while ago and they were both mountain bikers. And, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I don't yeah. want to say like, you know, tempt fate and say normally they don't attack humans, but normally they it's, don't attack humans i don't know it's 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 one of those things where it's like you know it never happens to you until it does right 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 and yeah. uh you know in colorado springs it's kind of same deal like you know there's some bears in certain areas but they probably won't really bother you but mountain lions i hear are in like certain sections and i'm kind of like i'm i'm just not even going to go near them there's other trails you know it's just like well it's like not worth it and they like to chase things right i mean they're yeah cats so it's like yeah that's what i'm thinking i'm like here i am running up this trail and it's like I don't know. Just, I'm, just I'm easy them, yeah. Just Brett, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on today because I know, you know, with such a busy schedule and with, uh, you know, keeping the running streak alive, it's, it's you know, tough to make time. But uh, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I, I definitely, I think over, obviously over time, you have gotten more attention because of the streak. But uh, you definitely, I think, deserve even more just because of how insane it is. So, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And uh, I apologize for the mustache, but we're doing a contest at work. Yeah. And, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, we're, tr- we're all trying to grow mustaches and I'm doing a horrible job. But, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it is what it where is. Can, I can't uh, wait to where can people it. find you? What's that? Where can people find you? Uh, so I'm on, let's see, I'm on Instagram at AM Glaze, uh, TikTok at Glaze Runs, Strava, I think it's just Andrew Glaze. There you go. So cool. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank and we'll you. We'll catch you guys in the next one. All right.